From E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, celebrating more than 30 years on the air. This week featuring highlights from the E-Town archives, including music from John Hyatt, Natalie Merchant, Anais Mitchell, Lyle Lovett, Danny Barnes, and more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here's our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. Here we are in June of 2022, almost two and a half years of COVID behind us. It feels good to be outdoors. Certainly people are going out to hear music all over the country. And this week we're going to feature some great songs from the E-Town archives, many of which were recorded when we took E-Town to other cities or other theaters, places where folks were used to hearing E-Town on the radio, but they hadn't been to a live show before. So we hope to continue that trend when we are back doing live shows in the coming months. Meanwhile, one of the best parts of this disruption and the COVID shutdown has been the chance for us to go back and revisit some of the shows that we recorded over our more than 30-year history. It's a crazy and generous E-Town archive that we've been looking at. Up first, we've got two singer-songwriters who made deep connections with their fans, but I suspect they didn't have a ton of overlapping fans. Not sure about that, but it's my guess. I'm talking about Natalie Merchant and John Hyatt. We recorded this particular show with John about a dozen years ago up in Aspen, and he'll be followed by a show that we recorded in Boulder with Natalie. When we were up in Aspen, though, it was at the historic Wheeler Opera House. It was wintertime. It was cold. It was a full, packed house. So here to start off this week's E-Town show, John Hyatt on stage at E-Town. Thanks so much. Thanks a million. It's a pleasure to be back on E-Town. Thank you, Nick and Helen, for having us. Baby's gone and I don't know why She let out this morning like a rusty shot in a hollow sky Left me without warning Sooner than the dogs could bark Faster than the sun rose Down to the banks on an old mule car Took a flatboat across the shallows Left me my tears to drown She left a baby daughter Now the river's wide and deep and brown And she's crossing muddy water Tobacco standing in the field Gonna be rotten come November And a bitter heart will not reveal A spring that love remembers When that sweet brown girl of mine Hair black as a raven She broke the bread and would drink the wine From a jug that she'd been saving 
left me in my tears to drown. She loved a baby daughter. Now the river's wide and deep and brown. And she's crossing muddy water. Welcome back to E-Town, if you would, Natalie Merchant. Thank you very much. Richard Stearns is going to join us on the banjo, and the, the poem that I based this song upon it was written by a young Victorian girl from England named Laurence Alma Tadema, and the poem is called If No One Ever Marries Me. Me. 
Natalie Merchant, so great to have you back. Well, thank you to you and Helen for inviting me. You're such a strong singer, strong woman. You're such a little lady. Yeah. Such a tiny lass and such a big voice and such a tiny lass. On the radio, we're all the same size. <laughs> um, and congratulations. You know, I really feel like you've pursued your creative path. You followed your inspiration and your, your heart and expressed it and shared it with a lot of people. And you've had great success. And that's not easy to do. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm serious. For acknowledging that. I was, looking at, I was looking at the timeline on your website, and you were a teenager when you joined 10,000 Maniacs. I was. You were just a little over 30 when Tiger Lily came out and selling more than 5 million records. And Are we all going that... to continue on this? No, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying, this, you know. Uh, naming my progression of aging, is that what's happening? <laughs> and now it's 66 years old. It's a wonder she's still standing. <laughs> No, no, what I mean really is, I'm is that... I'm not afraid of my age. Go ahead. And again, we all look great on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> We're all ageless on the radio, aren't we? But you do look damn good also. So just for those <laughs> who are listening and can't tell, you look great. Um, the new project is called Leave Your Sleep. Right. And I presume it's kind of a wake-up call to a more poetic life, or I'm not sure exactly... The title has more meaning to them. I could go into in about a half, okay. you know, it would take me an hour probably to explain All to right. You. But it's from a children's rhyme, yeah. a nursery rhyme. And of all the things you've done, all the projects you've done, your considerable accomplishments that I was enumerating before. <laughs> before um, I interrupted you. <laughs> um, this one seems like it was even possibly the most daunting because a lot of work went into this. It was. It took seven years altogether yeah. from inception till release. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about inception. I guess you become concerned with your legacy when you have children. You're more invested in the future, but I also felt more connected to the past. I felt like I was having an experience this extremely authentic. Nothing gets more authentic than pregnancy and labor, nursing, <laughs> that, that this experience that women had had for thousands of years. And I felt this connection to the past, and I wanted to discover what sort of words people had used to describe this experience over time. Mm -hmm. And through that, 
I decided to put them to music to make this gift for my child. Mm -hmm. Were you a kid who grew up in Jamestown with poetry in your life? Was your family one that embraced poetry? No, but I was one of those kids that spent all my free time at the library. I never got a tan in the summer. I was at the library. <laughs> I ride my bike to the library, spend the entire day, come home for dinner. Oh, well. So. Well, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you kids out there listening. Go Actually, to the library. We just, we just play the librarian convention in Portland. 10,000 librarians. Wow. Public librarians. And it was the most wonderful audience. And then just... A couple of days ago, we were in Los Angeles and we did a benefit for the LA County Library so they could, we helped fund their free lecture series. And, and they need help now. Yeah. The libraries are. Yeah. You know, it's are one really, of the. Their funding's been cut left and right. I think it's a, I think it's a cornerstone of democracy, a library. It is. Access to information. It is. Yeah. But we digress slightly. And we tend to. Yeah. <laughs> Those of us from the Hudson Valley. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to be we one of those, too. We have plenty of time. Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the scope of the project, because you identified the concept, which is you want to look back and you want to find how these feelings and these sort of uh, sense of legacy and history and family, how mm -hmm. those emotions were expressed through the voices of various poets. You didn't stop there, though, because you decided then you were also going to dive into the lives and the backstory and right. the history of each one of the poets. So what made you keep going in that way? Well, I became fascinated by the people once I entered into their worlds. You know, Robert Louis Stevenson, I wanted to know, who was he? And why did he create this beautiful collection of poetry? Why was he interested in writing children's poetry? What was his connection? And I was amazed by the things I discovered. Like Christina Rossetti had written this beautiful collection of poems, and, but that was full of elegies. And I thought, um, she must have had children, they must have died, it was Victorian England, this was a very common occurrence. And as it turned out, she was a spinster. Hmm. We'll be doing one later by Natalia Crane, who was a 10-year-old girl from Brooklyn, who um, wrote a book called The Janitor's Boy. It was like an extensive study upon her crush, <laughs> the superintendent of her building's son. And uh, she became a national celebrity. Her book went in, I think it had five editions by the time she was 16. And what year was that? What was 1924. 1924. And then yeah. I had Wynton Marsalis write a phenomenal, you know, yeah. really pure jazz arrangement of the period. Oh, that's cool. You know, Wynton doing the jazz material and the klezmatics doing the Balkan folk. And I had a Chinese music ensemble. Mm -hmm. You know, every song was a it's different more style more than 30 music. musicians, right, who played on the project, something more like that? More than 30? Yeah. 130. 130. Yeah, because we had a 26-piece chamber orchestra. Oh, yeah. We broke the bank with this one. Yeah. And I, I, I funded it myself, so I'm well aware of whose bank was broken. <laughs> so if you really love Natalie Merchant, you know what Don't to do. steal my record. <laughs> I'm going to feel it deep in my heart. No, I look at it as I had the, the good fortune of... Um, been successful and I decided what I would do is rather than going begging for money from banks or from institutions like record companies that I would just be my own patron mm -hmm. so I did that and uh, you know a lot of love a lot of work a lot of labor a lot of research went into this so congratulations we're gonna get back to music and hear a little more of it thank you welcome back to E-Town Natalie Merchant thank you As I mentioned before, we're going to do a Natalia Crane song called The Janitor's Boy. Mm -hmm. 
janitor's boy And the janitor's boy Is in love with me janitor's boy and the janitor's boy is in love with me he's going to hunt for a desert island our geography a desert isle with spicy trees somewhere in sheep's head bay a right nice place just fit for two where we can live always oh i'm in love with the janitor's boy and the janitor's boy he's busy as can be Making a raft out of an old city He'll carry me on I know that he will For his hair is exceedingly rare And the only thing that occurs to me Is to dutifully shiver and bear Janitor's red haired boy, my janitor's red haired boy, janitor's red haired boy, janitor's red haired boy, janitor's red haired boy. I'm gonna sail away on to Sheep's Head Bay with my janitor's red haired boy. Thank you, Natalie Merchant. Thank you, John Hyatt. We'll be back with more from the E-Town Archives after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. 
In case you tuned in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town Podcast will have this episode and others, along with content from past shows as well. It's available for free in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. Welcome back. I'm Nick Forster. We recorded a couple of E-Town shows in Vermont over the years. This one that we're going to feature now was recorded at the Flynn Theater in downtown Burlington. One of our guests was a Vermont native, Anais Mitchell, who had been signed to Ani DeFranco's record company, Righteous Babe Records. Anais had just released her record called Hades Town. It's a modern take on the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. And while the record was a big success, what came later was even more rewarding, especially for her. Hadestown became a theatrical production based on the album. And in 2019, it opened on Broadway. The musical won eight Tony Awards in 2019. The cast album won a Grammy. The show was a huge hit. And uh, Anais was responsible for bringing it into the world. She is still writing and recording. She's married now with two kids we felt honored to be there pretty early in the launch of one of her standout projects. Here's Anais Mitchell on stage at E-Town from Burlington, Vermont. We're um, so excited to be on E-Town and um, we're gonna do for you um, a few songs from the Hadestown Opera. And um, the first one we're going to do is the first song in the show. It's a duet between Orpheus and Eurydice. And um, we're lucky that Helen is going to play the role of Orpheus. Love, but tell me if you're able 
Who's gonna lay the wedding table? Times being what they are, dark and getting darker all the time. Love it when I sing my song, all the trees gonna sing along and bend their branches down to me to lay their fruit around my feet. The almond and the apple and the sugar from the maple and the trees gonna lay the wedding table. Thank you, Aeneas Mitchell. Up next, we travel to Morrison, Colorado, another show away from home, but not too far. This one features an amazing Texas songwriter. There are many, but he is one of the best. Here's my conversation, and then a song from Lyle Lovett at Red Rocks. Lyle Lovett. Hey, Nick. Um, you must have listened to a lot of different stuff as a kid and soaked it up because you're such a great singer, and you're in some ways so many different singers. You're a soul singer and a country singer and a blues singer, and I get the sense that there wasn't much of a color line or a, a category line between things you would have heard on the radio. It's like you would have heard blues, and you would have heard R&B, and you would have heard country, and you would have heard bluegrass, and you would have heard those other things. Yeah, certainly. Houston being yeah. the, the fourth largest city in the, in the country, there's lots of different stuff going on in right. Houston, and there was easy access to, you to all it. of that. Yeah. You bet. And, and just even my parents' record collection. You know, yeah. They had, gosh, Ray Price records uh, to, uh, and Ray Charles records. So, Was there anyone that you thought, boy, I, I really like what they do, and I wish I could sort of emulate and, and aim in that direction? Maybe someday I'll grow up to be kind of like that? Oh, gosh, you know, I, I just enjoyed music. And I didn't really start thinking like that until uh, really just before I started trying to perform. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed taking guitar lessons and piano lessons. And, you know, my mom had me play alto sax in the eighth grade stage band and gave me every opportunity yeah. to pursue uh, my music interests. And uh, I sang in the choir and at the Lutheran school. And so she gave me every chance. But I, I didn't imagine myself as a a performer on stage. I would never have imagined being able to stand on a stage like this when I was that age. Mm -hmm. I feel so lucky to have had what's turning into a long career at yeah. this point. And it, it's because of folks like you, Nick, and because of the personal support that you and Helen have given me over the years and having me on your show and the great radio support uh, to be able to reach the people that end up supporting us. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's just because of the good folks that turn up uh, and I'm so grateful to be able to still do this after all these years. 
once you decided to become a songwriter and really focus on that, uh, there again, did you have a, an opportunity to sort of aim in a certain direction and study, or did you come at it, I know you studied journalism, you just come at it as a writer, or did you have some songwriters that you really aimed at? Uh, it, listening to songs written by Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt, and performers that I could go listen to in the Houston area, like right. Eric Taylor and Vince Bell and mm -hmm. Don Sanders, whose songs I recorded on I our, latest, say, our yeah. latest record. That, to be able to listen to their songs, uh, that taught me what a song could be. You know, it didn't have to be a two and a half minute something that you just hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. It could really be about something and it could tell a story. And I was, you know, fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. Case you just joined us, you're listening to E-Town. My guest is Lyle Lovett. Uh, uh, to change the subject completely, and I know that maybe being on the stage at Red Rocks is, is kind of about being outdoors, because you're an outdoors guy. You're a guy who really appreciates being outside. I do love being outside. Yeah. And, 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 you know, growing up uh, on the Gulf Coast of Texas, on the Gulf Coast Plain down there, I love getting to come to Colorado. You know, just to look at the mountains is inspiring. But it also seems like you're a rancher with a music problem. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get swapped around all the time. You know, I, I, I really, uh, you know, but where I grew up was my grandfather's farm, right. uh, what was left of my grandfather's farm. My mom's younger brother kind of kept the farm going in his own way, had a dairy farm and, and now has a cow-calf operation that he runs from our place. And uh, it still feels like the family place. And uh, Well, you've you know, made it more so. Haven't you taken on the responsibility of kind of reassembling some Well, it was, you know, there was a point that, that most of it was sold out of the family after right. my grandmother passed away. And, and uh, luckily, you know, 15 years later, I was able to, to get most of it back. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm really proud of that. I mean, I feel like, you know, I've worked my whole life to try to, right. to do what my grandpa did, you know, and, and, uh, and I really am proud of that because my grandparents took great care of me and, and uh, cared about the, the land and cared about their place. And so it does give me a good feeling to try to keep it going, keep it together. Well, just to, to walk that same landscape and just to be connected to that same place where you're not just your own memory, but your sort of ancestral memory of your grandparents and uh, having that be part of your family and part of your DNA, it must be amazing. You know, it's a powerful feeling to stand under an oak tree that yeah. I remember standing under with my mm -hmm. grandfather when I was a little boy and the same tree is still there in the same spot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah. And I, I love that. Well, it's really interesting, Lyle, to see that you also are embracing the, the preservation of these traditions and the preservations of the landscape and this relationship to nature in such a sort of profound way. And it's not that you're particularly, you know, could be described as like an environmentalist or something like that. This is just about this country, and it's about a sense of history and a sense of place and a sense of um, respect for what's come before. And I, I think it's important. I think it's, I really appreciate the fact that you're working hard to make sure that there is this continuity. That's nice to say, Nick. But, you know, the, the, I think the thing is, we can't separate our humanity from the earth. I'm certainly not an environmentalist the way you and Helen are. And, and my connection to E-Town is really more about a, the, the personal relationship that I have with you and Helen. I think back to the days that I got to open shows for you and Hot Rise when you would come through Houston before I had a record deal or anything, and I got to meet you guys and how kind you were to me, how, how you took time with me, how you, you know, you let me give you my demo tape. I think back to that, and it's the personal mm -hmm. aspect that always draws me into anything. And the land is symbolic of our lives. The more permanent symbolic representation of all the lives that have gone before. Mm -hmm. There is a nice well, connection between all of these different things. 
the bottom line is, again, Lyle, I just think it's remarkable, and I want to congratulate you on a long career already, and hopefully it's going to be a lot longer. I sure hope so, too. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping by E-Town all these years. Nick, thanks for having us. Thank you, Lyle. Sweet P. Atkinson, 
Harry Bowens, Luke Bulla, Jim Cox, Jason Eskridge, James Gilmer, Willie Green Jr., John Hagen, Ray Herndon, Russ Kunkel, Buck Reed, Keith Sewell, Leland Sklar, and Mitch Watkins. The CD is called Natural Forces out on Lost Highway Records. It's Lyle Lovett and his large band. We will be back with more from the E-Town Archives after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota, on WYEP in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and on KUSU on Logan, Utah, and throughout the state of Utah on Utah Public Radio. As always, if you'd like more information about any of our guests this week, or you'd like to see what we're up to here at E-Town, lots of stuff can be found online at etown.org. Welcome back. We're continuing to explore some of the best moments from the E-Town Archives in this next set. We're going to hear from an artist many of you have not heard of before, Danielle Anderson, whose stage name is Danielle Ate the Sandwich. She's talented and funny. We booked her on a tough show, actually. She was the other half of the bill with Mumford & Sons when they were at the peak of their powers. We recorded this show on the campus of the University of Colorado in Boulder at the Glenn Miller Ballroom, packed with college kids. Here on the stage at E-Town is Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Nick and Helen and the E-Tones will now be joining us. These guys will make us sound uh, 100% better. And uh, they're really great and easy to work with because we just got here this afternoon and put it together. So thanks for being more prepared than I was. This song is uh, called 17 and 53. I like it. Do you? What's your favorite number? I mean, in, in general, do you like odd numbers? Who are you asking? You. My favorite number. Okay, you're taking too long. Helen, what's your favorite number? Oh, um, uh, uh, 16. Oh, I thought she was going to say 69. 16. That's a good number. Okay, let's just play the song. She's just such a wholesome gal.
died And he was 53 when you were 17 In the museum where you laid your head to sleep The artifacts were cold to comfort you when you heard them fighting, you hid in the apple tree. The branches broke their noise. And when your brother studied at the university, you were left all alone to realize that while you were growing is he growing older too? And in the summer when your father drove you to the river And he would sing so loud Soon to be kept silent as you climbed through barbed wire fences to get to the riverside. And while you were growing older, he was busy growing older too.
That's Danielle Ate the Sandwich on stage at E-Town. Up next, another slightly less well-known artist, but one that we have loved and supported for a long time. Texas native, now living in the Pacific Northwest, banjo master, among many other things. Here's my chat and then a song with the one and only Danny Barnes from the E-Town Archives. Danny Barnes, Danny Barnes. Hey, let's start with the songwriting. So you mentioned it took you a long time to put this batch of songs together, but you're pretty handy with recording gear and, and, and equipment, right? You got your degree, in fact. Yeah, audio. my degree's in audio production from the University of Texas. I yeah. graduated in 85, and so... <laughs> and, uh, Bunch so, of audio engineers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all subscribe to Mix Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> but you got a setup at home that's got all the gear that you can use and... Yeah, I ended up buying, when, I, I, when I, I learned, I was in school back in the day when you cut tape and everything, and I saved up my money when I first got out of school and bought the exact same machine, tape machine, to have it at my house, you know? And uh, so it's a cool old Atari 8-track, yeah. multi-track. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you get into that stuff, but anyway, <laughs> it's really nice. Got like a plus one or two dB, about 100 hertz and stuff, and then it rolls off about 10K. It's got one, two dB drop at 10K, but yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, I can tell you're deep into this. Now you've got, now you're deep, you're, you're way into the, the computer and the electronics and the whole different, you've got a different setup. I remember we had Imogen Heap on our show a little while ago and you told me that she was working in the same kind of sphere that you're in now. Yeah. Software-wise. Yeah, there's a program called Ableton Live and it allows you to take a non-linear look at all your music in a set, you know. So you know how like when you play with a band, you have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and whatnot, and what you just played, you don't have access to it anymore. It comes out linearly. But with Ableton, you have like all the stuff that you're doing is available to you all at once. So you can recombine things on the fly. It's a pretty creative way of working. If I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to learning about it when I have a lot of extra time. Yeah. <laughs> You have a life. You may not want to do that. You may not want to do that. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you've got, you've got more of a life than you have in a long time. I mean, this whole thing with Dave Matthews seems to have kind of ratcheted up your world in a big way, right? Yeah, it's been really cool. You know, it's funny, like, the people that are really into what I do typically are musicians, man. Like, if I played a room full of 100 people, half of them are in bands, you know, and some of them are in, like, really big bands and stuff, and I get fan letters from different guys and stuff that are like heroes of mine, it, it really is encouraging to me because I'm kind of an underground person. Like, you gotta really know music to know what I'm up to, you know? And you gotta study, you know, because I'm kind of out in left field behind the fence, you know? But, uh, but anyway, it's, so it's really encouraging to me, you know, to keep, it's really inspiring that these guys that I really look up to, like Bill Frizzell and things like that, they'll yeah. let me know, hey, you know, I think you're really onto something good, you know? Yeah. And it really kind of keeps me going. Hey, I, I certainly was uh, amazed first time I got to hear you play, and we got to play a little music together over the years. It's been great. Yeah. But now this attention—you got a website, you got a new record, you got a whole new management world, and yeah. more people are going to hear your music who even aren't in bands. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think. I think it's. I think it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are there any challenges? I mean, you're such a versatile player, too. I mean, we're, you're playing banjo today, but, you know, you're also a great guitar player, and you understand, you know, you've studied, you made a study of all kinds of different music, including jazz and classical music, and you know about bluegrass and old-time music, and you know about punk rock and pop music, and are there ever times when you're at home working on stuff where you're not, you, there's so many choices for you musically that it, maybe the, does the banjo help kind of ground you a little bit? 
Well, uh, I think of the banjo just a few years ago, I was doing a piece for orchestra and I got to study in this orchestration manuals. You know, you ever seen those where it's like... Uh, no. It's like a dictionary of the orchestra, but it'll have every note in the orchestra, like the oboe or the piano or whatever, and it tells you the, high, uh, the cello, tells you the high note, the low note, the effective range, and the timbre of that instrument. And then maybe like one little hint of like, say, if on B flat in this particular range on this instrument, if you put it in unison with the flutes, it's going to sound funny. Some little hint about it. But I began to look at the banjo like that, you know, just as a set of data, a set of parameters, rather than uh, in the context of hay bales and wagon wheels and stuff. I began to look at it <laughs> as a as a set of parameters, you know, notes, a set of notes, a high note, a low note, an right. effective range of timbre, and then what could I write for that instrument, you know? And plus, I consider myself to be a contemporary person, like I didn't grow up on a farm, I never worked on the railroad and all that, so... <laughs> so I just, I'm a contemporary person, I'm interested yeah. in contemporary poetry and contemporary art and things like that, so I felt kind of silly singing a song about way back in the woods or something when I... Right. I don't even like the woods, you know? <laughs> so. I, I like the Holiday Inn Express, you know. <laughs> I like to have Wi-Fi. They don't have Wi-Fi in the woods, Nick. You know? but anyway. So. Man, you are really bringing the banjo up to date. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Kicking and screaming, probably. Um, and what, do you have time for the other things you like to do, like, you know, flying planes or skateboarding or riding motorcycles or shooting trap or riding a unicycle or going fishing? I, I have a little bit of time. We just put out this record in February, and, and, and dude, we've been at it pretty hard. Like, I'm at the end of a 26-day tour. This is day 25 of a 26-day tour, and I go home tomorrow. What I really want to do is pretend like I'm a statue and not move and have, like, birds sitting on me and stuff. You know? <laughs> That's my goal for next week, just sit there like a statue with, like, a three-cornered hat or something. You know? <laughs> Good luck with that, Danny. <laughs> I should mention to our radio audience that you, that would be a mighty big statue, too. You're, you're a tall guy. Yeah. I don't know how tall you are, but you do. Yeah, 6'4 and some change, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, good, luck with, good luck with relaxing after a 26-day tour. Yeah. Um, welcome back to E-Town, the one and only Mr. Danny Barnes. Before we go any further, can we thank Nick, Helen, and the E-Tones, please? Thank you. Uh, name of this song is called Road. It's off Pizza Box. It's a song called Road.
cussing of Abraham And I got powder residue up on the back of my hand I gotta find a woman that did me wrong And I vomit up that because I drank too long I vomit up by the side of the road Mr. Danny Barnes, along with the E-Tones, Chris Engelman, Ron Jolly, Christian Teal, Ron Miles on the trumpet, Helen Forster on the harmony vocals from up in Port Townsend, Washington, Danny Barnes. That's so cool to hear Danny Barnes along with the E-Tones and Ron Miles. Ron Miles, who died earlier this year, was just one of those legendary musicians we were lucky to have in Colorado. We will miss him. We've got time for one more song. But first, I want to thank all of our guests from this week for once again sharing their archived performances. I want to thank our production team, Todd Ayers, Henry Zimmerman, and a special thanks to Helen Forster. We're going to leave you with some music from an Ethiopian artist, Maklit Hedera, who's playing a traditional song in her native language. We've had a ton of fun combing through the archives. Very happy to share all this with you, music and conversation that has not been heard at all in many years. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Right now, I'm actually going to sing a song from Ethiopia. And it's a song that's in Amharic. Amharic is one of the, the major languages of the country. And the song is called Abaymado. It's a folk song. And it tells the story of a farmer. And it talks about his life. And it talks about what his day is like and the milk and the meat and the butter that he makes and how this is at the root of the country and how he feeds the country. And it's this very tender song in a way. And it was made famous by an incredible legendary artist from Ethiopia called Mahmoud Ahmed.
ropa misrar la que el bezegna que veren mi bel que como nalena are you the mamun are you the mamun are you the mamun are you the mamun mera tu na bibo lim lim momine yo ye gaberedika yes and i would tend to know ye gaberedika Yes, I would tell no, I buy my rookie house, yellow, but it ain't on a good This is a production of E-Town. There you have it, folks. Some great songs from our E-Town archives from back in 2010. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.